When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. <laughs> yeah, we gave you guys a therapy session late last night on Vikings Ventline. Maybe you, maybe you missed it. Maybe you just went to bed in anger. I feel like half the callers into Ventline or half the guests were like from the stadium in Denver. Like, yeah, we had a lot. Did you guys? It was like we had like four people jump in from the stadium in Denver. And said, yeah, there was like twenty thousand Vikings fans in there, ready to rumble, mm-hmm. and mm, didn't quite happen. Came close. They came very close. It was on the precipice. That's why they were frustrated. Yep, they play exclusively close games, the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, they are now in one-score games. They were 11-0 last year. I believe they're now 5-5, five and five, I think. I think they're 5-4. and four. They've played like 10 one-score games mm-hmm. out of their uh, 11 so far this year. But this is your day-after Vikings game live stream here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel presented by our friends at Quick Trip. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, and turning the ball over a handful of times every game isn't exactly a recipe for that to happen. Uh, Before we get into our hottest Vikings takes, Chef Judd's pie chart of blame and some silver linings, a shout-out to our friends at AG1. In fact, I just just put in uh, another order for travel packs yesterday over at... Um, the website drinkag1.com slash purple daily, but it's great. It's like nutritional insurance to start your day. So, you know, you're busy, you're running around, you got kids, you got events, you know, you got football. Maybe you're not always eating the, uh, you know, the Tom Brady five scoops of kale meal every day. You're, you're, you're trying to get nutrition any way you can in one scoop mixed with a bottle of water. And you've got your full allotment of nutrients from AG one for the day, 75 high quality nutrients, and ingredients that give you those important daily necessities. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. You can just go over to drinkag1.com and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. That's drinkag1.com slash purple daily, drinkag1.com slash purple daily. You guys ready to sling some takes here? You've mm-hmm. slept on your takes. I have yes. molded your takes. Yes. Yes. We've gone through. I, I I went through the frustration at first. I worked through the anger. And then I came up with a take that I actually that I actually wrote an entire column about for our guy, Tyler Fornis at VikingsWire.com. Wow. So I went back and did some research. And so my take is going to be founded not in just a hot take of anger just thrown out there. My take is going to be founded, in, rooted in in what has transpired. And my take, boys, is this, if we're prepared for it. Oh, I think I'm ready. I'm More ready. Prepared. I've been, Hit me. I don't sleep, I, I wait. Let's go. I, I think you're going to agree with this, too. Um, the Vikings ball security issues in the year of our Lord, 2023, is the reason why this team is not 9-2, and two, and the number one seed right now in the NFC as we wake up this morning. Oh, what a take. What a take. What a take. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I come with I come with facts to back this up. In fact, you could debate that I'm wrong. You could debate me more and say, well, hold on a second. Why not 10 and 1? 
Why? Why? Do, oh, why are you so stopping? You like you're holding a little back on this hot take. Yeah, I, you're holding. Back. Why are you that holding back? Well, omitted that. You omitted well, be, that sentence. Just no. You no, just said no. Here's we, why. no dude, it's hottest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hottest. Here's why. Not hot right. Viking stakes. Hottest Viking stakes. You just said have, that there's a hotter take. I want to have a discussion about this hot take. I am trying to root my hot take in the reality of things too. And I just told you guys that the Vikings should be. Should be nine and two and the top seed in their conference. Forget being atop the North, which obviously they would be. But go back and look the Tampa Bay game, the Philadelphia game, the LA Chargers game, Dodgers, the, the loss to the Chiefs, and then last night. Go back and look at the turnovers, when they occurred, how they occurred, and and let's just turn. So let's, for one second, let's even erase uh, what the Vikings could have done with continued possession, which is a whole nother question. Let's just talk about this. Let's just talk about what the opposing teams did with the opportunities when they got the ball for free, okay? Yeah. So this doesn't count like, oh, the Vikings would have scored a field goal or a touchdown. Exactly. Exactly. This is just purely based off what the Vikings then gave up in points. Now, the Buccaneers loss, you can debate this. You can tell me I'm wrong. But the Buccaneers loss, they turned three turnovers, I believe, or not, I believe, into three points. Okay? So I said, let's just say, and and, um, the, the Vikings lost that game by three. So let's just say for a second, okay, the Buccaneers won fair and square. Okay? Okay. Let's go to Philadelphia. Four turnovers that were turned into 10 points. And I'm not even telling you guys about the Justin Jefferson dagger turnover at the goal line where he tried to extend the ball on what would have been a first end goal at the one. So that would, and you're not giving the Vikings the seven points that they had on that play. I'm stripping 10 points. So at least, you know, I'm stripping at least seven, if not all 10 points away from the Eagles that were given up by the turnovers. How about that? Okay. Let's go to the Chargers. Chargers. Same exact thing. One score game. One score game. And in that case, the Chargers turned your turnovers into enough points where let's take and, and let's not assume a year ago you could have said, well, yeah, it's Donatel's defense, though. It sucks. Of course they didn't hold teams. They weren't going to win, Judd. You're telling me Brian Flores defense stinks. You're telling me Brian Flores. Look, they've been done at times this season, but they're very competitive. Yeah. And so the Chargers game easily could have been a Vikings win. The Broncos game, top of mind, same exact thing. The Chiefs game, one turnover turned into a touchdown by the Chiefs. You lost that by seven. But again, I'm willing to say, okay, lost to the Chiefs. One turnover is not awful. That can happen. And they turned the, and they did turn that into a touchdown. But in the Buccaneers and Chiefs games, I'm saying let's give this the benefit of the doubt and say that, that that they weren't that they weren't going to win that the Vikings this morning were not going to be eleven and zero. Okay, that's still nine and two. Dude, the, you're I I'm, I would fight you on that Bucks logic 100 percent because you can because you're not counting what they would have done with the drives and they only lost that game by three to an inferior opponent. I mean, I feel like yeah, I, feel, I actually but, feel kind of cheated on this take. I now that you've laid it out, they should be yeah. undefeated right now. They should be the well, Miami Dol- the nineteen seventy two Miami Dolphins I should not have popped the champagne. I'm yet, sorry, I can't go. I can't go there. I can't do that. But if you look at where this team could and should be with ball security, yeah, dude, it's the frustration. Can the, I you, piggyback? Can I'm, I piggyback? I'm actually more pissed off this morning than I was last night after considering these options. Me yes, too. Go ahead. And I'm sorry if I'm stealing Declan's take here, but I just like Judd brought data. I've spent the morning digging up similar data here. So I'll even like I'll expand your take and say they should they should be like 10 and 1 right now. And Alexander Madison is a double agent sent by the Detroit Lions to sabotage the Vikings in the NFC North. That oh. is my hottest take today. No. He is the number one reason why the Vikings aren't the things that Judd was saying. Now, there's a bunch of – dude, the Vikings have turned the ball over 20 times. 
20. The only two teams with more turnovers are the Washington Commanders with Sam Howell, who's just out there just howitzering interceptions and sacks and everything. And then the Raiders, who are starting like a broken Jimmy Garoppolo and then Aiden O'Connell from Purdue and whoever. I think they started a third guy in there at some point. So those are the only two teams with more turnovers. They have 21 turnovers apiece. Vikings have 20. But let's drill down on Alexander Madison, who, by the way, he did run the ball probably better yesterday, just in terms of like seven yards, nine yards. He had a 15-yard carry. Like he was getting some chunks, and the Denver defense is allowing that with a lot of teams. But he was running the ball better yesterday than maybe any game this season, and then he erases all of the goodwill with that fumble late in the third quarter. And I think my main issue is, before I get into some of the data here, he isn't doing anything in 11 games that would that would be like irreplaceable, you know, like pretty much any other just a guy running back can do the things that Alexander Madison is doing on the upside. But then on the downside, he's literally sabotaging game after game for you. And I bring you this evidence week two against the Eagles. <laughs> OK, yep. Yep. The, Vi- the Vikings pick off Jalen Hurts on the Eagles' second drive of the game. We're in Philadelphia, tough place to play. Whoa, interception. Let's go, baby. Brian Flores defense. On the very next play, Alexander Madison puts the ball on the ground. And after that play, I, I dug into the win probability box scores. Oh, that's right. Love it. After that play. The Eagles had, so they just get the ball right back, and they have great field position. They're in, I think they wound up actually missing a field goal, you know, fortunately for the Vikings, but the Eagles had an 80% chance to win that game after Madison fumbled deep in the Vikings' own territory. Okay, let's go to the next week. Week three against the Chargers. Late in the second quarter, Chargers were, uh, Chargers were like waiting to be hit in the face and just put to bed in this game. Vikings have a chance to go up by seven points as halftime nears. Alexander Madison drops a walk-in touchdown, if you remember. Like, there's yep. there's video. I, I found a video on YouTube where it's like, is this is this a practice? Is this like a seven-on-seven drill? Like, Kirk Cousins just floats a pass, and there's Madison at the 14-yard line. No defenders within 50 yards of him. And uh, so the Vikings settle for a field goal instead of a touchdown. Four-point difference in what they would have gained if he scores the touchdown and catches the pass. They lose the game by exactly four points. And then last night against the Broncos, up 17-9, to driving late in the third quarter. Madison puts the ball on the ground again. Only a second fumble. He also has five drops, most of them crucial on the season. Mm-hmm. According to the win probability box score, that fumble last night was the single most impactful play in terms of like percentage swing for the other team to win the game in three hours of football. Football. Yep. 11 games. For Alexander Madison, okay, in nine of the 11 games, he's averaging three and a half yards per carry or worse in that game, which is like unplayable garbage. He's crucially fumbling in a key spot. He's dropping a pass or multiple of these in a single game. In nine of the 11 games, he's basically shipwrecking your chances. Yep. And so... That's why I wanted to piggyback because I think I think he is the he's the mole. He is the double agent. He's the one inside the building that's sabotaging your chances to be a number one seed in the National Football Conference right now. It's incredible too. Like it is so the the path to this is so clear, right? Like it's not a bunch of little things, right? Well, if the defense had gotten this stop, and if somebody had done had done this, and if uh, Kirk, Kirk hadn't got got hurt, the path to the being the top seed this morning is so damn clear. Yeah, and you work on it all training camp, all training camp. How many practices the, the, do we see, Phil, where they work on these exact things so they don't do them? I don't know when to jump in. Uh, the four, Sorry. the forty, the forty niners by a comparison have nine turnovers this season. The Vikings have 20. So you want to compare yourself to the teams you're going to be fighting with at the top, right? The 49ers are not giving the ball away every 10 seconds on the football field. The Eagles have 13 turnovers, which is kind of a lot too. The Vikings have 20. Those are the teams that you're Uh trying to compete with at the top of the count. Cowboys, 10 turnovers. If the Vikings, the Vikings when they won. Bless me. Gazun height. I was just going to say Gazun height. The Vikings during their five game win streak had five turnovers, 
the only game in which they had none was the Saints game. So we're not even saying, well, you, if you fumble the ball or throw a pick, your game is done. Yeah, it happens. What, what we're saying is cut back on the excess, right? Instead of three, how about one? No, what I'm saying is do an internal investigation and see who's actually who's loyal to what you're trying to what do. What if here. it's Dalvin okay. Cook in disguise? Where is he from? What if it's Dalvin Cook in disguise and he's still pissed off that he got let go and so he's back with a vengeance to sabotage I'll the purple? So them, yeah. Yeah, oh, I see. Okay, I see what happened in that Chargers game. Yeah, Alexander Madison, you're from San Bernardino, California. Huh? Chargers fan at heart, huh? Chargers. Well, Chargers fan. I see what's happening here. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I feel like we're picking on him now, but, dude, you got to... Football. All right. Okay, Dex. All right. What's your Let me talk to you. All right. I've slept on this. I've slept on this. I had a lot of takes that I wrote down throughout the course of the game and even um, after Ventline last night, and after coming to that conclusion and resting on this, I have... Come up with the following hot take. This Vikings loss is the most meaningless loss of the season. It doesn't hold merit at all. It doesn't mean a damn thing. You I lost. This. this is a great take, too. You this lost a, a non-conference road game in primetime. <laughs> you're not going to go 17-0 in the NFL. You're going to lose games. And I'd argue, if you're going to lose them, lose them to the AFC West. The Vikings are 0-3 so far this season against the AFC West. They're 6-2 and two against everybody else. Now, did I have problems yesterday with Kevin O'Connell and how he went about things? Yes, I do have some problems there. But the Minnesota Vikings wake up today with, a ch- with over an 80% chance to make the playoffs. This loss did not gut punch you. This loss doesn't mean a lot. You get to come home next week, play the Bears, who are awful. Justin Jefferson's coming back. Your defense is playing really well. Brian Flores is not to blame. In fact, a hot take within a hot take. Brian Flores was the best coach on the field yesterday between Sean Payton, Kevin O'Connell, and everyone else, all right? Oh, wow. He was the best Cook coach Dex. on the field. Wow, Cook. Cook, Dex. Cook. JJ comes back game. into this offense. What does that mean for Addison? What does that mean for Josh Dobbs? Does that help KOC kind of open things up and not play so or coach so scared? So this Vikings loss, the most meaningless loss of the season. It doesn't hold a single merit on their playoff chance for how we should look at the Vikings. It's just a loss, man. Move on. Wow, dude. This is, I, I, I think two things can be true. I think everything that, I'll just speak for myself. I won't speak for Judd. And I'll speak for Judd. Everything that I just said about turnovers and Alexander Madison can be super frustrating and annoying and cause for internal investigation. And life goes on after that game last night. You know, like the Broncos just, the, the Broncos have done this same sort of muddy it up, turnover fast thing against the Chiefs, against the Bills. They got the Bills offensive coordinator fired and now against the Vikings. I don't think the Denver Broncos are a legit serious team in the AFC the way that they're winning games, but like they're doing this thing or they just kind of like smoke and mirrors their way with turnovers to wins and you just fell into that tornado of chaos and you move on. And now if they lose to the Bears, we can have bigger conversations, but just go beat the brakes off the Bears on Monday Night Football and life will go on. I would agree with Declan's statement if it hadn't been the continuation of a problem I thought that was cleaned up. That's my problem with it. That's my problem with it. Is it was a continuation of a problem of, of a of a much bigger issue, and two of the three turnovers were directly your fault. So Chandler sort of whiffs the block. Dobbs gets hit and throws a pick. That happens in football, right? Like that's your turnover. That's the one where it's like, okay, that happens. Uh, but the first one was, well, one, it was a penalty. And two, I still contend it was way too cute for a third and one call in your own territory when you needed one yard. And the Madison one, I went back and watched it 10 times this morning. I mean, dude, that ball can't come out. He, it didn't get, he got, he got brushed by a Broncos player. But like, so if the Broncos had played this great defensive game, and yes, the Broncos, Muddy things up. But you know what? That run defense 
to be honest about it, is awful. Like, that, they can't tackle. The first half, they were terrible. And the Vikings so, gashed it accordingly. Yeah. They did. So, that's, so, so like, I agree in, in, a, in, a, um, in a conversation about if the Vikings hadn't had the games that we talked about before, I agree with Dex. Like, yes, you go, you lose a game, it sucks, but that's fine. But when it's this pattern that comes back, that's what that's what bugs me. I do worry about. Well, Madison, I worry about. He's just he just he has shown. Hey, here's your shot to be a starting running back, and he's a, he's a backup. He should be a backup to Ty Chandler. I worry about Dobbs. First of all, like it's a fun story, and he's doing some things dynamically that Kirk Cousins can't. But the turnovers have been a huge issue through the first. He didn't turn the ball over against the Saints. He tried to on that pass to yeah to Jordan Addison. You're right. So he's had a couple close calls. But now if I'm Kevin O'Connell, I think I'm the most upset about two things. The Madison fumble in particular was the, was the biggest play because you were ready to go just stick a dagger in the rib cage of the Broncos and the game was going to be over. Amen. And he fumbles and the momentum and the crowd and everyone gets back into it going the other way. So I'm the most mad about that. And I hate doing the blame the refs thing. But, dude, Denver, like Denver's out there just spearing players with illegal – in an era where – especially with quarterbacks, if Patrick Mahomes or somebody else was taking, now Patrick Mahomes probably doesn't take a pitch from Travis Kelsey on that third and one because they don't call that play. But, you know, the refs should have called an illegal spear on that first third and one. That ball was kind of coming out, but that was a 15-yard penalty, and the Vikings would have had a first and 10 at midfield. It doesn't make me feel better about Josh Dobbs being loosey-goosey with the football. But if those two plays are, if Madison doesn't fumble and if that 15-yard penalty is called differently, they win the game. And you could play that game with probably like 10 other plays too where, boy, if this doesn't happen, which you can for any NFL game, but a series of like eight things had to happen for the Vikings to lose that game to an inferior team. And yes, the Broncos are an inferior team to the Vikings. And shocking, a Sean Payton coach team defensively is a bunch of cheap shot artists. I know what you're saying. Where have we seen this before? Yeah. 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 The, uh, I don't think the spearing thing is exactly an accident. They like to ride, ride the edge when it comes oh, yeah. to. Yeah. Yep. And that's not just, uh, that's not just a defensive coordinator of Sean Payton's team's thing. No, it's that's a, a Sean. It's Payton a cultural thing. thing. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's why he got suspended for a year. Yep. So, all right. Those are the hottest Vikings takes here. All right. Wow. Declan had like take within a take. Judd may have held back a little on his take after bringing his research to the table. To be, I was trying to be Judd-like, which is I can't go 10-1, and one, but 9-2 and two I can certainly but do. But trust your research. Yeah. Your research laid but it you out, can, man. But you, can ta- you could t- take it up to 10-1. and one. The point is 13 like, and 0. <laughs> just clean it up. You just keep a, it clean. You had a great drive off the tee, and then you're like, man, should I have actually should I have swung hybrid on that? It's like, no, you had a great drive. Just, just yeah. hit the next yeah. shot. Hit the next shot. You're <laughs> no, good. Nope, nope, nope. I was bringing facts and reality to my hottest take, which is very Judd-like. Yeah. Um, so before we get into Judd's pie chart and some silver linings here, we want to introduce you guys to a new partner of ours here on Score North and at Purple Daily, which could be the perfect holiday gift idea. Okay. I'm bad at thinking of gift ideas, but this is something. So it's called Sound Story. Sound Story is a professionally produced hour-long conversation, call it a podcast if you want, where you or one of your loved ones is interviewed by your choice of professional interviewers, including me. I am one of the interviewers on SoundStory.com. So think of it like a podcast in which the guest is your mom, your dad, your grandmother, grandfather, telling their life story, and you get to capture that and have it forever, okay? Childhood memories, career accomplishments. When did they meet? How did they meet their wife, their husband? It's recorded in a studio with a professional interviewer or me. Call me a professional interviewer if you want to. With Sound Story, you or your loved one's voices and stories are saved for your family forever. Just go to mysoundstory.com and enter the promo code PURPLE to get this Black Friday week special of 10% off a gift certificate for Sound Story. So all week long, it's Black Friday week, basically. Mysoundstory.com and enter the promo code PURPLE at, uh, at checkout, mysoundstory.com. Sound story for you, for them, forever. Maybe we could sling some hot football takes back and forth while we also talk about your uh, story. If you just started t- talking sports Tell me about with, your with the person. What do you think about Kirk I, Cousins? 
I wanted to know where my mom and dad met, you jerk. Not what, not like when they became a Vikings fan. What do you think of Flores' 3-4 scheme yeah. compared to Donatel's 3-4 scheme? Yeah, I want to talk, talk about, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Bob Schnelker, that game. Did you think he called a good game when, I, I, I mean, yeah, Alfred and, uh, and Anderson Shoe came off. But what did you really think about that? It's going to be my Schnelker? life story, actually, yeah. it's going to happen. That would be uh, awesome. Just spin it into your story. Also, uh, tell the story about uh, Quick Trip. You actually, you made a little Quick Trip stop yesterday, Judd. Saw yep, that. most definitely. Went uh, wife and I went back to her hometown in Iowa to see some family, and on the way back, you know, there's tons of choices, right? You're mm-hmm. go, you're going past convenience stores, blah blah blah. We get to Harmony, Minnesota, and there was only one choice as far as I was concerned, and that was Quick Trip. Why? Because Quick Trips are the best place to go. One stop shopping. They are courteous. They are clean. They are where you should stop as well. And by the way, Quick Trip also wants to make you a winner in their Vikings opening drive contest. Here are the rules. Purchase any pothole pizza or 20-ounce Pepsi Cola product with quick rewards to enter. Purchase both products together with quick rewards and receive 10 bonus entries. One weekly winner will receive a $10 gift card for every yard gained during the Vikings opening drive. And if the Vikings score a field goal on that drive, the winner will earn an additional $500 Quick Trip quick trip gift card if the vikings get a touchdown on that drive the winner will earn an additional one thousand dollar quick trip gift card weekly winners have a chance to win up to two thousand dollars in these gift cards um all weekly winners will also be entered for a chance to win a grand prize that is a pair of 2024 25 viking season tickets free fuel for a year from quick trip a total value of fifty five hundred dollars just go to quicktrip.com slash sweepstakes for details. Quicktrip.com slash sweepstakes for details. And please support those who support Purple Daily. All right, let's get into Judd's pie chart here. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. pie. Actually, I'm going to pop this comment up here. Mr. Orange says, dude in the middle was like, no worries before that Broncos game. Zero. Dude on the left, I think that would be Declan, was the only one who uh, who spoke logic. Only I don't know what you guys are talking about. I was Rock, hacked. Dude. Yeah, hacked. you got hacked last night, I, or like two days hacked. ago. You got yeah. hacked. I saw you I got, got hacked. hacked, yeah. I hope you got the yeah. up with with the uh, Madison with hacked Musk. me. Alexander with Madison Musk. hacked me. Actually. I hope Elon has uh, come to your rescue this morning to clear up this hacking that happened. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to launch another internal investigation. Uh, okay, what is your The Rock knows how chart? you feel about pie. Who's to blame? I told you guys last night on Ventline that I actually had this pie chart done. Like it was, I was pulling it out of the oven as the Vikings lost this game. I think I had eight slices. Brian Flores was atop it. There was a lot to celebrate still. There was a lot, despite the the uh, shortcomings and the three turnovers, there was going to be a lot to, to celebrate. Well, guess who had to go back to the drawing board late last night? That's right, mm. sports dad. So here we go. Pie chart of blame. 5%. Two 5% slices go to guys on defense because I am loath. I mean, the defense played well, okay? So so the majority of this is going to be focused on the other side of the ball. But 5%, a play that we probably aren't talking enough about and didn't on that line last night, it was really unfortunate, goes to Josh Metellus, who oh. late in the first half on a pass by, and again, Russell, do not tell me that the Vikings again got beat by Russell Wilson. Okay. I was reading that again this morning. This guy is a shell of that guy, okay? The Seahawks guy was a daggermeister. He was the, a sniper. The ESPN crew this morning, was talk, at least a couple of them were talking about this. We saw vintage Russell. We're seeing this no. is the old school vintage Russell Wilson. Is it? No, it's not. He's nowhere near that player that he was maybe four or five years ago, which makes that loss sting even more, Vikings fans. Yes. Yes, because Russell Wilson uh, led some late comebacks as a Seahawk against the Vikings, but he also had played well in those games ordinarily. In this case, he is a shell of his former self, but in this case, he threw a a pass to Jerry Judy late in the first half that was a really irresponsible, stupid pass, and Josh Metellus had it for a second, couldn't hold on. Will Lutz kicks a field goal to end that drive, and instead of the Vikings being up 10-6 to six at, at halftime, in a game in which every point counted, they were up 10-9. to nine. But 5%, Josh Metellus, dude, you've had a great year. I love you. But, oh, hang on to the football. Well, I hate to pick on the guy. He's been a great story. but oh, Hang on to the ball. Come on, Hang guy. on to the football. Exactly. What are we doing, guy? Come on. Okay. 5% goes to rookie corner Makai Blackman 
who has played well th- this season. I know a Caleb Evans was out and Blackman had to play more, okay? Mm. And I and I would have excused this completely if he had just been picked on, which he was during the course of one drive by, by Russ, who, again, the old Russell Wilson picks on this guy the entire game. Russell Wilson did not do that. He picked on him twice in one drive for gains of 19 and thir- 33 yards. But the play in question is the what turned out to be the winning touchdown from Wilson to Cortland Sutton, in which Blackman seemed confused. Like that is an absolutely key play. Like that's the that that is the do or die play. And watching the coverage, I don't know if Blackman thought he was going to get help or if he was just slow to react. But what was especially frustrating is then watching the Vikings' last attempt at a drive. The Broncos' corners did a great job on Hawkinson, who I would have liked to seen catch the ball. But anyway, they did a great job of jarring the ball loose. It felt like that touchdown pass to Sutton took forever to unfold. And yeah, it felt like there could have been more effort. Yeah, more effort there. I don't know. It, it seemed like he was confused at an absolutely pivotal time. And he is a guy who's played a lot. So it's not like he, he was forced to play. So 5% slice. Makai Blackman, because dude, if you break that pass up, you're a hero today. It, it felt I thought you'd actually have this a little higher because I, I felt he had a rougher game. We're actually going to talk a lot about the state of the cornerbacks on today's Purple Daily on Draft, which you can find right here with Miles Gorham and uh, Tyler Fornis. But I, I actually thought he had a rougher game. I don't know if that was also because of Caleb Evans being out, uh, but I actually thought you'd have a little higher him higher in your pie chart to blame. He got torched a couple other times, big plays, and then yep. yeah, I, I well, we'll see how the rest of the pie chart That's plays true. out, Chef Judd. but. That last play, that's one you talk about things you work on in training camp, right? Ball security and red zone and minutes and stuff. One of the things they work on more than almost anything is one-on-one drills between wide receivers and cornerbacks where they're, yep. it, they'll literally spend like half a practice, it seems like. All right, training camp, here we go. The next half hour is going to be receivers versus cornerbacks one-on-one and safeties. Could be, could be back pylon, could be middle of the field, but... Can you win a 50 That was the definition of a 50-50 ball. We have a big receiver who we think is going to outjump a rookie, smaller cornerback, and that's exactly what happened. But can you not, to your point, can you not show a little bit more scrap and fight so he gets his hands on the ball? Can you then go up and try and... It's like he kind of made one punch and then backed off. It was and then he looked it confused. Was bizarre. And, th- and then he looked confused like he thought that there was supposed to be help. Or so. Like, it, it was just a weird play. And it would have been more, except for... I'm saving my ire of the pie for the <laughs> offense. And I hate to pick on a defense that for the most part did its job. Like you talk about do your job. Yeah. Brian Flores' defense for the large part did their job. You turned the ball over three times and the Vikings didn't give up a touchdown off that. That's impressive. But let's continue on. So 5% to Metellus, 5% to Blackman. 15% to Josh Dobbs. Oh, and here's why it's, and, wow, dude. you're going after he, the past. And there we go. And, and here's wow. why it's not more. Here's why it's not more. Let me tell you guys a story, a bedtime tale called the tale of two halves. Okay. In the first half, in the first half, the big bad bear said, Ooh, <laughs> who's this quarterback cooking in my kitchen? This stew is excellent. Josh Dobbs was 11 of 13 for 126 yards and a touchdown pass, which was a thing of beauty, by the way. That pass to Josh Oliver, where Dobbs extended the play, was the definition of, I think, why everybody wants a mobile QB that can improvise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then in the second half, the Bears said, who is this who's been knocking over the chairs in my kitchen? I don't like this past or not. <laughs> Josh Dobbs, 9 of 19, 95 yards, a pick on which he was hit, and really largely looked like a different QB. If you look in the uh, statistical packet, too, and this is, I'm sure, somewhat on Bradbury as well, but in addition to the fumble that was caused on the handoff from Hawkinson when Dobbs was speared, he also was charged with two uh, fumbles on exchanges. Now, I know he's new, But it's weird because that was not a problem previously. Like the Falcons game, I would not have been surprised if the ball had been on the ground consistently. He's had more practice time now. And I'm not saying saying that this is the reason why 
he gets 15%. I'm just saying it all goes into the stew. It was a little sloppy. The whole thing the fact, was a little, a little sloppy exactly. and unorganized. And yeah. the second half, he's got to take – if if this was Kirk, we would be definitely giving him, or I would, at least 15 if not 20%. Right, but the if this was Kirk stuff, because I hear a lot of people doing the – well, you guys better be hammering Josh Dobbs like you hammered Kirk Cousins here and there. Well, there's a difference between a guy who was who was signed for a record ironclad contract six years ago and then continued to sign big money contracts as the guy to lead you to a Super Bowl versus the emergency acquisition quarterback because you literally just need bodies that can play that position, right? Like, the standard should be a little bit different, but... Yeah, I, it's so interesting because there's some plays that were made by Dobbs early in that game that Cousins could never dream of making. But then there was a mistake or two that never would have had. Like, they don't fumble on that TJ Hawkinson lining up under center pitch to Dobbs. That play is just not in the playbook three right. weeks ago. And then the final drive of the game, too, I got people riled up last night on Vetline and on Twitter by saying, hey, Kirk Cousins, I think, would have led the Vikings into field goal range. Maybe Greg Joseph gets a shot to win that game if Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. And it, well, there's all this pressure. I went back and watched that drive. There was definitely some pressure, and the Broncos were sending a ton of blitzers, but they were sending a ton of blitzers because they know they can fluster Josh Dobbs in that situation because he doesn't fully know what he's looking at mm-hmm. when the game is moving. Now, he's had some great moments, but he's only been here for two and a half weeks. The processing speed is not there in this offense quite yet. I think if you try to blitz Kirk Cousins like that, he finds the hots and he dissects you with three timeouts and you at least move the ball 35 yards. All right. Uh, Coming from the, the number one Kirk Cousins he hater. He finds the hots. I like that. He finds the hots. Football. Let's go. So it was bad. like that last drive was a train wreck, dude. A minute, oh, God, three, three yep. timeouts. Yep. And it was just, and Dobbs looked indecisive and flustered. And he looked about the way, if you would have said two months ago, hey, uh, we're going to fast forward to a Broncos game on a Sunday night, and the Vi- you're not going to believe this, but Josh Dobbs is going to be the Vikings quarterback, and he's going to look right. a little flustered in a late-game two-minute drill. We would have said, yeah, that's that's probably about right. And I wouldn't probably hold him as accountable if he had come into, into the Falcons game and starting with that game had struggled, and then it would be like, okay, this guy is just simply overmatched, right? But it's the fact that he's, he has sort of teased us with the possibilities of what he, he can do. And I do wonder, and we'll get to O'Connell, I do wonder on that last drive if they got a little bit too – or attempted to, to get a little bit uh, too cute because of practice time. Because, like, that Falcons drive at the end where O'Connell was literally telling Dobbs, hey, there's this here and there's that there and do that, they looked far more prepared. Yeah. It, and this time it looked like, you know, let's do this and let's do that. And offensive coaches will often try and fall back on on what they think can be done as opposed to that Falcons drive, which was uh, we don't know what we can do, so we're literally going to, to do, do this on the fly, in which case O'Connell did a great job and Dobbs looked completely on point. So Yeah, I would have liked to – he was – I appreciate the fact that he is sitting in there like a quarterback and he's trying to stay in the pocket and keep his eyes down the field and find something. But when you have three timeouts and the, and by the way, it's a no huddle situation. If you can just not throw incomplete passes, that's the benefit. Once you complete a pass in the no huddle, they can't substitute anymore. So you've got those now and they also can't call defensive plays. Sing it. You get them, you get them on skates. So what I would have the football. Oh yeah. Dude, these like these little passes, these outlet passes to Hawkinson. Yeah, okay, like maybe he should have caught one or both of them. Those were just like seven yard 50 50 balls in the flat. I'd rather see in that situation, I'd rather see Dobbs take off and run for six yards. Yeah, I, I agree with you. No huddle drill. Now the defense yep. is, is less likely to be calling for blitzes. They'd be less like they yep. can't call plays yep. fast enough. Yep. So that's what, like, that's one thing we've learned a lot of things from Booney. And he has said, if you complete the first pass in a two-minute drill and you and then you prevent the defense from subbing and calling plays, you're much more likely to see the defense call an organized blitz or a stunt or something out of a timeout, out of a dead ball. So that that's where they sort of failed is just, dude, get gain five yards with your legs and then go. Let's mm-hmm. rock and roll this thing. And they just couldn't get out of their own way. And it's Denver. It's Denver. Get to what? The 40? And try a field goal. Right. Like, like, this was not a must-touchdown. 
This was a just move the ball efficiently. One chunk. One chunk. Like we yep. should be talking about Declan's guy this morning. Make I it thought, or I thought miss. That's how it was going to end. I literally thought this Greg Joseph was going to miss a fifty-four yard field goal, and that would be the lead talker on today's show. It's Denver. I mean, he might have made it. All right. All right, all right. So, fifteen so percent goes to Joshua Dobbs. Thirty percent, not surprisingly, a rather large chunk, well deserved. Alexander Madison. Mm. Um, you, you talked about this, Phil, but that fumble, like statistically, win probability wise, I'm sure, or if you don't know any win probability, and I just said to the guy on the street who's a Vikings fan. Today, where did that game shift? Everyone's going to say, "Oh, the Madison fumble." Um, he had, he did have 81 yards on 18 carries. I would again emphasize, though, and NBC did a pretty good job of showing this, despite the fact that Collinsworth, what's happened to him, ignored this. He was, is, he, he was talking about Madison like he was Emmett Smith in 1994 yeah. or something. And meanwhile, Here's there's a guy. Are they really going to cut Delvin Cook? He's at 1,100 <laughs> yards every year, and here he is. Now he's gone. Oh, and then they go to his kid who sounds just like he does. It's like yeah, too much Collinsworth. all the Collinsworth. Jack, stop yeah. it. <laughs> but anyway, um, despite what Collinsworth said in the booth, NBC did a good job, especially in the first half, of showing certain runs on which Madison was like arm tackled lazily and just broke through it. Good for him. But I mean, it, this was not Walter Payton against the Vikings circa 77. And Phil, to your point, which is, I believe, how, how long has it been since Madison had a run of 20 or more yards? Uh, uh, let me give or take October 10th of 2021 was the last time he had a 20 yard run. His long last night was 15 yards. So you still don't have, you got the famine. Famine from the old AP days. You still don't have the feast. So 30% goes to a guy who, you know, and again, O'Connell's playing him, okay? I get that. So you can say, well, it's not all his fault. But I don't know what more needs to, to be seen. And, yes, Ty Chandler has some pass protection issues, and I get that. And he should not play on third down. I'm fine with that, okay? But all of that being said, if it's a running down, or if there is debate about it might be a pass, but it also might be a run, Ty Chandler has shown us time and time again that he is the choice. He can catch the ball. Yeah. He can run the ball. He's explosive. And to his credit, when given the opportunity last night, yes, he sort of whiffed the block on the pick, but he also, Phil, as you tweeted about, made an incredibly nice blitz pickup as well. So I don't see what the issue is here. And as long as the issue continues, unfortunately, Alexander Madison, when he does what he did last night, I don't care what his numbers say, is going to have to take and should take some of the line. And Ty Chandler did on the uh, when Dobbs kind of got hit as he threw for that interception. Ty Chandler stepped up, identified the right spot, stepped up to take on a linebacker and then kind of got pushed back into Dobbs. He didn't. I don't know. I'd be curious to see. I think we have that play for Booney when we do trenches later, but. He's he, he's a work in progress still. He made a couple nice plays, uh, blitz protections, but but I don't think anyone's saying 100 percent of the snaps. We're just we're just saying find a way to get his explosiveness, his his burst, if you will, football on the field. More. Yep. And I, I think the only argument in Madison's favor would be if he wasn't dropping passes and didn't fumble. Yep. Then it would be like, well, he's not very explosive, but he's really the ball security, right? But unfortunately, he does both those things. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. That leaves a big 45% heaping help in a pie. Out of the oven, fresh. Perhaps we should get some Cool Whip. Cool Whip? Perhaps we should put some Cool Whip on this piece of pie before we give it to our pal, friend of the show, Kevin O'Connell. This, this is, I just want to say, this is ludicrous. Who had a bad... He had a bad night coaching last night. What's ludicrous is that he is a disaster of a coach. I'm seeing, you know, he he's as bad as Fleck. Um, <laughs> what in, Incompetent, I believe, was used on yes. the show. He is not incompetent. But you know what? We all have bad days at the office, and O'Connell had one. I have some things to back this up, too, okay? So this is not just – I'm not just going to say 
he had a bad night, and I'm done. I'm going to give you some of my bullet points, and I think I probably fall short of encapsulating them all. Okay, first of all, the third and one call in your own territory on third and one on a night where you know that you can run the ball, this is when you're going to get cute with with Dobbs. I would argue I wouldn't have used that play because I would have shelved it for when I for when I could get more creative with that play, possibly in the red zone, than I would have on a third and one against a team that is ranked last in the league in rushing defense. And yes, they play hard. And yes, they are not as bad as the team that gave up a 70-burger to the Dolphins. But do not tell me that this defense is good. The Denver defense is good. They are bad against the run. So you get way too cute. Your quarterback gets clobbered. I would have preferred that Hawkinson had kept that ball, taken the snap, and gone forward himself. All right. We've talked about this extensively. The use of of Madison and how they rely on him makes no sense. End of story there. That's been done to death. More facts. So you're going to run a trick play on third and one ballsy you're going to run a fake punt which works perfectly that takes big brass ones because it came it came from your own territory but then you're gonna punt on fourth and one at the denver 48 against a run defense that can't stop me what are where's the consistency here like what's the game what's going through your brain game flow wise where you're like, okay, let's punt on this one. And by the way, just to be clear, the fake punt worked great, so that play looked great. But if you're going to do that, you're not going to just go for it on fourth and one. And then the last thing that's not getting enough attention, and I'm telling you that might drive me the most nuts, is this. You're an offensive guru. You have had games this year where you've been great. The play calling's been great, okay? So, again, incompetent, wrong word. This dude is not incompetent. Brad Childress trying to call plays in 2006, incompetent. This guy's good at what he does. But that being said, against a team that can't stop the run, and you are proving this time and time again in this game, you don't use at least two or three times, and I'm not even saying it's going to work, play action to create the illusion that you can't just allow everyone to come up in the box and stop your run. You literally, it's like a boxing match. Play action, as Boone has talked about, and he's exactly right. Play action is about truth serum, honesty, keeping teams honest. And I understand, well, Addison was blanketed by Sertain, and he is a very good player, and I get all that, okay? But you're not going to take a couple of deep shots, which, by the way, almost certainly won't be picked. They might fall incomplete to create the illusion for the defense that this is a possibility. And before we say, well, hold on a second, Jefferson's out. Ladies and gentlemen, may I remind you, Jordan Addison was drafted in part because of the fact that they know that he can run go routes and be a threat on the deep ball. Kevin did O'Connell. You, did you, just real quick, did you? there's at least two plays where Addison was so blanketed he fell down untouched, basically, as the ball were, sailed by his head. 15, those were shorter passes, though. I'm talking about go routes. I'm talking you go, he has to go, and then you throw the ball deep. Because what that does is it takes the back end and loosens them up so they can't focus as much. It gives I think you we need to look at the, the 22, the all 22. Okay. The, the ones you're talking about were more, were more um, shallower routes. I'm talking about actual just nine routes that go deep. But anyway, the point is, Phil, I agree. If you are going to defend O'Connell by saying that this guy is a good, a good coach, I agree completely. Forty-five percent. I think he had a bad night. I agree. I, yeah. I I thought I thought he had a, a pretty pretty bad night as well. And that punt. So let's kind of go over that punt. So the Vikings are up ten to ten to three at that point. They're up ten ten to six ten to six. Yep, ten to six because they're on the possession chart here. So that's ten to six. If you get six points there, you go down and score a touchdown. You're sitting pretty going into the half. You have a double digit double possession lead. Things are going to be looking all right. And then instead. Denver gets the ball, is able to march 46 yards into field goal position, get three, and now all of a sudden it's it's a game. Like, that swing right there, if the Vikings get six and, and Kevin O'Connell elects to go for it on the fourth down, converts, and the Vikings get six points, I don't think a comeback happens. I think the Vikings are in control to win that game. So so I, I agree with the fourth and one thing, by the way. Like, that was 
It is weird that you would call a fake a fake punt in your own territory at one point. It's the second time they've called a fake punt. Mm-hmm. And then and you would have sort of some wacky plays that you've dusted off your your playbook that didn't exist three weeks ago, but then you wouldn't go for it on a fourth and one. I think that's probably the one that he would choose to have back out of all these. But my, my issue with this isn't that he coached a flawless game. I agree. There are some things like the Madison thing. Dude, flip that ratio. The fourth and one, you got to go for it. But if you zoom out for a second, at the end of the day, the Vikings just put up almost 400 yards of offense with a journeyman quarterback and no Justin Jefferson. Again, this offense has cruised in the absence of one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the world the last three weeks. So that's what I feel like that all like, all right, they're going to go in, they're going to run the ball up and down the field. And if not for Alexander Madison fumbling, which you could blame, you could blame Kevin for having him in the game, but he's going to play some snaps. So that might've been one of his drives anyways. Like he might've been destined to fumble regardless. I just think 45%, like I would have given much more blame to the turnovers of Josh Dobbs and Alexander Madison than saying KOC. Like you're basically saying KOC by giving him 45% shipwrecked this game. Just to be clear, is that what you think? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I, I think he had a bad night. I think he had a bad night. And here's the other thing that's coming back to bite him in the ass and will until he follows through. Do you guys remember when he said, if you uh, fumble the ball, we'll find people who don't or essentially something like that? He's held, and Dobbs, you're not going to. I totally get that. He's your starting quarterback right now. But he's held no one accountable so far for that. He's held no one accountable. And the Madison fumble was the type of fumble from a guy who has never had accountability for his fumbles. So here's the fumbles on the season for the Vikings. Seven by Kirk Cousins. You're not going to hold him accountable. He's yeah, you can't. He's starting quarterback. I, I six that. for Josh Dobbs. You want to hold him accountable? No, I'm saying keep keep going. Okay. Two for Alex Madison. He's third yeah. on the team in fumbles. Last night two. he wouldn't. Last night he wouldn't have taken another snap. That would have been it for him. Right, but that snap was like like you would have had to hold him accountable weeks ago after the first fumble. Well, I, I would have. Like, I would have like done the once too. the fumble I, happens, like yeah, you, I'd bench him now, every time he fumbles. I'm holding him accountable next week. He's not starting for me next week, and he's not getting the most carries. So I will hold him accountable next week. The other fumbles are Brandon Powell has one, Jaron Hall had one, TJ Hawkinson one, Justin Jefferson one, and Josh Oliver one. It's been spread out over like eight players, but 13 of these fumbles are from Cousins and Dobbs. So the accountability thing, like the, the only time you would do this is Alexander Madison against Chicago. And if you wanted to bench him after that fumble in the third quarter, that's great, but like the, the damage is done at that point. You know, here right, he but, fumbled. But so. you go back and it's never there's he thr- you can't make the threat without following through ever. And he has never done that. Right. But the problem. choices are bench Kirk Cousins or bench no. Josh Dobbs. They have no. 13 fumbles. I no. you can bench other guys who fumble. Madison fumbled. He's never bench been him on Monday a- then accountable. But why don't you why didn't you hold him accountable? And he's also dropping passes. This is the perfect person to say, I love you. And you know what you're not going to do? Play anymore. But they did give they gave a, a lot night. of playing time to Cam Akers. I'm just O'Connell, saying I feel like I feel like you're feel like, like making you're trying, an unreasonable like I feel hold like people trying, accountable and do what? Well then don't threaten it. Then never threaten it. Don't or go ben, up to or a bench Josh Dobbs and Kirk Cousins. That's don't I mean, those go, are the guys fumbling. Don't go to a podium, though, and threaten. But he's the one who threatened. I didn't threaten. I didn't say it. He did. Josh, Josh follow Dobbs through. You're the head is coach the, of the team. biggest fumbling culprit. So if you want him to follow well, the through, play- then Jaron Hall should start on Monday. I agree, but I agree. But what I'm saying is O'Connell gets 45% of the blame because the Josh Dobbs fumble was a poor play call. That's The timing of that play call is awful. And my pushback to that would be, we want him to be creative. We want him to use Josh Dobbs as a runner. I guess Absolutely. the other way to do it would be just run a, just run like an option play. So have Dobbs under Correct. center, run Correct. an option of some kind. I don't know That's why exactly. they didn't do it that way. Exactly. But, but either way, like he is susceptible to dropping a football when two guys stick their helmet into his chest. Like, And, and when I come up with a cute play call in minus territory, it's asking for more problems with a quarterback like that. Just have him take the ball. Or like I said, the Hawkinson idea is not terrible. TJ Hawkinson, last time I checked, is a big man. 
he can get a yard if that's what you want to do. Uh, O'Connell was in. Josh Dobbs is a pretty big guy. How about if you're just just push push, O'Connell sneak it, was just sneak it, but like Kevin was inviting disaster and it it happened. And plus, the place where we're asking for more creativity is the red zone. That's where they we have, want it. They have in the right. Yes, I know, and I'm cool with that. I love that. I love that. But then also, don't you're contradicting. Not you. O'Connell's contradicting himself when when he runs plays like that and then on fourth and one in plus territory won't go for it. I agree He's contradicting himself. Totally agree with that. And so my issue was, I think he had a really bad night. I think he's a very good coach. Like, I just want to be very clear here. He is not a train wreck. P.J. Fleck is a train wreck. You've given him, I think, the most blame. I feel like you've hammered him, him like twice in the last month for I hold him other to a very high stakes. I guess is what I, I hold him. Well, but he's the coach, and again, he threatened. He threatens and does not uh, follow through, which means you shouldn't threaten. Like if you don't want to hold guys accountable, that's fine. Don't say you're going to though. Let's, I'm very uh, tough on him. Tough love. I know it's. No, it's just, I'm just poking. I'm just poking back. Um, before we get to our silver linings at the uh, the end of this live stream here, day after Vikings lose to the Broncos, a shout-out to our friends at Nutrisource, the official dog and pet food of Purple Daily across Score North. Maya Mackey was mostly sleeping through the entire game last night after a delicious dinner of Nutrisource chicken and rice. She likes to eat the same thing for every meal because that's how good Nutrisource is. Oh, and Stella was is the exact... Same way. In fact, guess what? Because of the loss, she didn't sleep well, and so she got up bright and early and started to uh, paw the covers away from her pop-pop and said, feed me right now. And I said, Stella, what do you want? And she said, Nutrisource, but first I'm going to go outside and get my treats uh, because those are fantastic too. Now that is a good dog right there, Declan. It is, it is. He uh, Same with same with uh, Stella there, Judd. He he was not a fan of the late, you know, around halftime, he actually just went to the stairs and just did the, uh, are we, uh, are we going... Are we going upstairs? Or are we going to sit down here as a family and watch the rest of this football game? No, Vinny, we got to watch the football game, okay? Uh, but the Nutrisource treats help uh, help them out stay, staying downstairs with us. Yeah, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you all across the country, NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They were just named one of the 10 best employers in Minnesota by Forbes. Face-to-face, eye-to-eye relationships, that's what they believe in at Federated and you can find out how they can help your business through risk management, like having a great offensive line for your business. Federatedinsurance.com. There's a full list of industries they specialize in, and you can find out more about their resources and their people. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Okay, uh, let's just do a quick round of silver linings as we do every time the Vikings lose. Declan, give us a silver lining. Uh, so I almost used this as a hot take, but I didn't really think it'd be like fair uh, coming off the game. But the successful version of a fake punt is the most exciting play in sports for me. I just love a successfully executed yeah. fake punt, this. man. The Jets even, I think, did it as well in the afternoon slate that I saw. I love me a fake punt. You can't use it, right? Like You can't use it a ton. You really can only realistically use it like maybe two to three times in a season. But when it's well executed, oh, gets me jacked. I jumped off the couch in excitement when I saw the I heard punt. you got in trouble. I got in trouble. Vinny, Vinny was snoozing, and I, I like Shawn Michaels, hiccuped my way up off the couch, and did. I literally point at the screen and go, fake punt! In that volume. <laughs> so yes, I love me a fake punt. Yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely and, and I don't think, sometimes you can sense, like, oh, this is a spot where they should fake it. I, I had yeah. no thought that they should try to fake a punt there. I was mostly thinking, boy, can this defense do it again? Are, are the are the fighting Russell Wilsons going to matriculate their way? But we'll, we will look at that play with Booney too, because they re- the Broncos really just I don't know what they were thinking. They just left that edge completely uncovered, yeah. basically, and the Vikings just whoop. And Ty Chandler's fast enough to get around the edge and gain a bunch of yards. So, all right, Judd, silver lining. Okay, off the same play, but different. But I'm I'm going to give credit to one person in particular: long snapper Andrew DePaula. That fake punt snap was a thing of beauty. Now, Collinsworth and Tariko, here's a guy, broke it down. And I don't think we get how hard it is, not just to long snap, but then to long snap off to the side and angle it like that. 
Yeah. Like I'm watching that and I'm like, is that as good as I think? Because, you know, it's one thing, it's hard to long snap, but at least it's just going straight backwards. Right. So like you've done, done that, but now I'm asking you to literally put it on an angle to the up. I mean, just an incredible snap. So don't sleep on the fact that Vikings fans, again, in a history of excellent long snappers, this dude was capable of the curveball of long snaps. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, uh, we almost need like a long snapping clinic. Let's get our guy Mike Morris back on. How do you to, do that? Break that whole thing down. Like that thing's know. literally going like almost sideways, right? I'm sure like, they must have practiced that at least a couple times. But that I'm is, sure. I, I'm still impressed though. I'm still yeah. impressed. I'm not going to downplay that guy. Um, I'm going to say my silver lining is just the emergence of Ty Chandler, obviously being the running back that should be getting the lion's share of the carry. So you want, I know that 31 of these yards came on a fake punt, but 10 carries for 73 yards. So seven and a half yards a carry. And then he caught the four passes for 37 yards, that 19 yard gain on the third and 20 where he came up just short yep. as they looked at that replay. That was a huge play. It feels like when you watch him compared to Madison, if there's really nothing there, Madison's not going to make anything out of it. In fact, he's probably going to make it worse by mm -hmm. just pedaling around and not just falling forward. It, it feels like more often than not, Chandler's going to at least lean forward for a couple yards, even on the plays where there's nothing there. And then on the plays where there is something there, he has a chance to get you some extra bursts. So Ty Chandler, as a, what, fifth-round pick a couple years ago, emerging yep. as a credible player here, so... All right, boys, that's a wrap on this live edition of Purple Daily, your hottest Vikings takes, Judd's pie chart of blame, some silver linings. Uh, appreciate you guys. If you haven't checked out the therapy session on Ventland last night, you can find that on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Click the like button, the subscribe button, and on demand also on the Apple and Spotify pages for Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.